Hello and welcome to your Liverpool FC podcast. I'm Andy Kelly. I'm joined by Neil Jones and Paul Philbin as we look back on Jurgen Klopp's first game as Liverpool manager, a 0-0 draw away at Spurs. Jonesy, you were in the press box down at White Hart Lane. Uh, what were your initial impressions of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool? Yeah, um, it was it was interesting. It, it was sort of it's one of them games that was always going to be interesting, no matter almost what happened on the pitch and. It wasn't sort of. I think it was last on match of the day, wasn't it on Saturday? So it wasn't a it wasn't a special a special football match by any any means. But there was a lot of intrigue in it and a lot of interest for everyone. You know, the press box at White Hart Lane was absolutely rammed. And I think Maurizio Pochettino, as he came in for his press conference, said, "Oh, you're all here for me." I, uh, you know, <laughs> he knew he knew what the uh, the story was that day. For twenty minutes, it was um, it was impressive stuff from Liverpool. Very, very impressive. You know, they, they sort of they came out like they'd been, you know. Hidden in a cage and not fed for for a week, you know they just they just ran at Spurs and and pressed them and harried them and you thought oh we might be able to see something big here and obviously that dropped off and in the end it it became a rather sort of a nothing match really where Liverpool you, you sense that nil nil was going to be the sort of the best that they were hoping for or maybe a set piece goal or something like that but I think there was encouraging signs there you know considering the players they had out injured and considering the time that they'd had together to to mould something. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a very good result as well because Tottenham are a decent side. They've started the season pretty well, and you know, um, to go there and get a nil-nil. Opening day, were they? Yeah, unbeaten since the opening day, and I think we, we come on to it. I think, but no team had managed to outrun them in a, in a game this season. Liverpool became the first team to do that, which says a lot. And if you think about you know what what Liverpool were and what you know some of the big games that they failed in this season and well beyond this season, I, th- I think you'd have to say it's a decent result. Well, your perspective on the game was a wee bit different. You were in the uh, in the away end, uh, um, as you are at every uh, travelling game. Um, give us just a, a feeling about how the travelling support uh, were feeling about the game. I mean, we've gone down there the last couple of years. We got that brilliant 5-0 result, which everyone remembers, the Flano game. And then there was the 3-0 last year, very early in the season, uh, with uh, Balotelli's first game. So it's been... Uh, while it's been historically a place that we've struggled the last couple of years, we've done really well there. Um, a nil-nil, obviously, you know, a bit of an in-between result, but it felt like the fans were taking a lot of positives out of what they saw. Yeah, that's right. For the first time in about over, well over a year, there was a togetherness in the stand. Everyone was there singing off the same hymn sheet. I know it's quite cliche to say that, but every challenge, every time a player pressed, there was a roar. Like, everyone was behind the team, and it felt weird because the last few months it's not been like that. The result, it wasn't a dream start. Everyone was thinking, oh yeah, we'll get the win and stuff. But in reality, a nil-nil draw away to Tottenham scored. And everyone stayed behind at the end to applaud the team and Klopp. And it was just such a difference from Old Trafford not so long ago where the stand was more or less empty. Big question is, have we got a decent Jurgen Klopp song yet? There's been various on the internet. Not one I've heard. I heard bad reports from Saturday. No, nothing, nothing to report. There's one. Well, I could do Let's Not Talk. Let, that, no, that's we've got to just be... Binned off. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to sing, sing the good one then? <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to sing it, but... It's um, by Otis, Life is Life, and that's doing the rounds on social media. And... It, was growing a little bit to towards the end of the first half, but it never got a big uh, following. But I think 
think um, Thursday night, I, I think you'll hear that quite well from the back of the car. Banners were good, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw a few of the banners, um, Jürgen Meister, um, obviously the, the Liverpool Uber Allers and the um, Scouse Nist English. Yeah, well. you know, I think some some lucky entrepreneur out there who oh, was sitting definitely. on a load of German flags has made a few bob. Well, James Pierce and I and Christian Walsh, as we we came off seven um, White Hart Lane train station, and you walk down obviously the, the Tottenham Road, and um, there's a there's a scarf stand there, and it was all spare scarves, and then there was just one with a clop face on it as well, which you know even the Tottenham sort of vendors were thinking we might be able to might be able to just add a few a uh, few pennies to our our, our collection today. Football rivalry doesn't get in the way of a few quid, no, does absolutely it? Absolutely not. Um, we probably should mention the injuries. That's, that was the other thing in terms of going into the game and why I think people would view Nel Nel as a decent start because uh, you know he didn't have a lot to choose from. Of course, he had the late withdrawal. Uh, Daniel Sturridge failed the late, late fitness test. We don't think that one's too serious, thankfully. No, no. Um, yeah, and Klopp said afterwards that he he will find out soon, but he he feels he could be back for Kazan if not Southampton. Um, that's that's a massive blow. You think about sort of, you know, he's one of the players Sturridge that was was there in the international break. So he's he sort of had more time with with Klopp than you know the likes of a Lallana or a, you know Joe Allen, someone like that. He came back later in the week, and Jordan Ibe, you know. So to lose him when you know obviously he's a, a vital player and also someone who might have had you know a chance to. Have conversations with him about what's expected of him and you know what his role in the team is going to be. You know it was a big ask for Divock Origi to make his, his his Premier League his first Premier League start alone up front in a in a team that hasn't been scoring goals anyway. You know regardless of who's been playing up front, it's, I think it's eight goals in nine league games this season. So for for him to be leading the line and for it to be expected that he was going to sort of take on, you know let, let's also you know be honest and say. Two very good centre backs that he was up against as well. His international teammates, who you'd imagine he would admire and respect from international duty, and sort of you know he would there might be an issue that you know he he would know better than anyone how good they are, and they would know his his Damn game inside out. So <laughs> there was that element to it. He still nearly scored. You know he, he could have he could have done certain things better, but he had a good go. But it's vital that Liverpool will get one or both of of Daniel Sturridge and Christian Benteke back onto the pitch as soon as possible because. You know, for all that it was better defensively, and for all that the, the fans got behind the, the, the pressing and the, the harrying, they didn't look like they were going to score a goal for much of that game, and and that's that's not a new problem. Paul, there was certainly a significant social media reaction to Daniel Sturridge being out. I mean, there was obviously rumours around the city on Friday. We're getting calls here at the Echo. Uh, you know, he's Sturridge injured. They were slightly allayed by the fact he'd travelled on the train from Lime Street. Uh, and then obviously the fitness test, the late fitness test down there, uh, he wasn't quite ready and Klopp wasn't going to take any chances on a, on a week when he had two, two ACLs. It, do you detect any, any frustrations uh, among the fans in terms of you, you know, blaming Sturridge, in terms of getting onto the pitch, in terms of his injury record, or do you think fans are, are sort of are still in a, if you're injured, you're injured, and um, you know, sadly he's had a few? I'd say the latter, I think. There's a few friends frustrated by it, and actually some, a minority, actually would say get rid of him. But, which is strange, but everybody knows that when he's fit and firing, he's probably the best go 
goal scored in the league. So. Well, even when he's not fit against Villa, when he, he was literally half fit, I thought he was terrible in the first half, and he gets two chances second and buries him, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. So it's worth waiting for him to come back 100% because you know that if he gets a chance when he's fully fit, he's going to put it in the back of the net. So it's worth the wait, and hopefully whilst he's on the sidelines, other people can chip in. Any Any players you thought from the game on Saturday... Uh, from your perspective, who perhaps looked to have taken a noticeable step forward in terms of what Klopp was wanting them to do and perhaps a change from what you'd seen from them under Brendan Rodgers? Well, the obvious one was Henry Chan. Like, the amount of ground that he covered was ridiculous. Like, he was on left to right, forwards, backwards. He was everywhere. and It's something that we haven't seen from him. Under Rodgers, like obviously there's been times when he's took the ball out of the fence and tried to run forward and create something, but his yeah, that's, that, was yeah. tremendous. That's been my big doubt with, with Chan is in terms of mobility. You know, he, he's, he seems capable of, of if he's made a mistake, he seems capable of finding a yard of pace to get back and, 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 last and make up for it. You know, he likes that, whereas it just seems generally he can sometimes be a little bit lethargic, but the, the formation he played, they had Milner sort of semi right hand side and Chan almost left with Lucas obviously looking after the middle and then the, the three trying to link up together up front but he was he was having to do a lot of sort of I think Bobby Robson used to call it windscreen wiper where you you know you, you sort of the ball goes out to the fullback and you go to him and it knocks it in field and you go to the guy in midfield you know in infield and there was one moment certainly in the first sort of 15 minutes where it went out to Kyle Walker and Chan sprinted from sort of a central position closed him down just considered the normal throw in and Klopp was out of the, in the technical area as if he'd scored. He was like fist pumping in the air. And he was, I think Chan was sort of, he might have overstretched a little bit and he was like stretching out his groin and sort of having yeah. a look. And Klopp was on him, Emre, Emre, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. You know, and you know, as simplistic as it sounds, they're both German speakers. You'd imagine Klopp would have had a more sort of in depth dialogue with a player like him over the last sort of few days. And I'd imagine one of the things he'd have been saying is you've got to get around the pitch more because if you want to play in centre midfield, we can't have you and Lucas stood, you know, watching the game go on around you. It felt like it sort of, you know, Rogers had spoken about his best position as this controlling midfielder, which always felt like he was sort of perhaps the heir apparent to sitting in a Lucas style role. But very much it felt like he was more of a box to box player, and uh, you know, someone who was going to be trying to be effective at both ends of the pitch. Paul, from what from from what we saw. Yeah, that was that's correct. The only criticism I'll have of Chan on the weekend is he found himself in a few positions just outside the box where he should have had a shot. Well, he did, he did have one that went pretty close, yeah, didn't he? That, yeah. It was that one, but there was two or three other times in the game where maybe if he would have pulled the trigger, you don't know, it might have found its way into the back of the net. But yeah, box to box, and it seemed to work for him, and hopefully, like, start of things to come. Yeah, since that early goal against. Chelsea, albeit deflected at Anfield, we haven't seen. You know, trying to think back, whether we've seen anything from him in terms of goal scoring. But you know, yeah. he, he's the sort of player where you think, as Paul says, if he gets in them positions, um, when he starts to relax more, maybe and things yeah. are going a little bit better, then you know he is someone who can strike a ball. Yeah, he's got a clean strike, hasn't he? You know, one of the, I think, one of the guys who was shooting from outside the box was Lucas, wasn't it? And you know, it's it's sort of bizarre that. A player of, of such, you know, standing experience and, and background doesn't seem able to, to strike a ball as in you know cleanly and with his laces and things like that. You know, you could say the same about the goalkeeper, but 
Yeah. But, but he did his job in other ways. He did his job in other ways, exactly. But yeah, I think Liverpool need more of that, to be honest, because I think you look at for most of sort of the second half of last season and then the, the game so far, it seems like they're almost just waiting for Coutinho to kill one into the top corner. You know, that, that's, that seems like how they're going to get a goal or, or, or a set piece. You know, there's no sort of, there's no or very little creating of actual, you know, clear cut chances. It seems to be they sort of get some territory and then it, it is sort of worked for almost like a rugby style drop goal. You know, Coutinho on the edge of the box, can he, can he whip one into the top corner? And he's he's one of the few who seems able to, to hit the ball from outside the box. I think Liverpool could do with a bit more of that. Paul, we've come on to the sort of the two behind uh, Rigi there. Um, John's spoken a bit about Coutinho. I'll ask you two questions. One, um, is there any fears I've seen expressed in some areas that Coutinho's, you know, since he started to get linked with these Barcelona moves and stuff, seems to have gone a wee bit off the boil. Uh, and the other one, obviously, Lalana, who um, almost fell into uh, Jurgen Klopp's arms when he came off. It was it was a slightly unfortunate pictures for him that they managed to to get him just in the the exact moment, and uh, it sort of perhaps looked rather more tender than I think it was meant to. But 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 it was a sign that he'd sort of given his all, I think, uh, and he looked like he looked like someone who was totally bought into the Klopp philosophy to me. Yeah, you're right with Lallana. Like a lot of fans have made him the whipping boy for the past few months, and some may say rightly so. But for me, I think Lallana's done well since being at Liverpool. There's been times where he's been a bit hit and miss, but when he's played and he's been fit, he's created chances, he scored goals, and his work rate on Saturday was tremendous. Like, and hopefully, as you said, that's another in buying into the Klopp idea of working and maybe it could be the start of his Liverpool career kick starting properly, hopefully. With Coutinho, I feel a bit sorry for him because obviously he's been linked with Barcelona recently but when you've got no movement in front of you, how can you create a chance? Yeah. The front line have been quite static, hopefully when Sturridge returns or Benteke returns, that changes and we can see the Coutinho from last season and early on this season. There were signs against Aston Villa a few weeks ago. His link-up play with uh, Daniel Sturridge the last half an hour of that game was tremendous and hopefully in a few weeks we'll be seeing that again. John, is this almost the continue which we did see right at the start of last season when Liverpool were playing badly and he didn't have anyone uh, You know, when we had injuries and Sturridge was injured and he struggled again. And I always hark back to that key... Basel game at home in the Champions yeah. League, and st- he wasn't even start. picked. And uh, you know, that, that that was an indication of what sort of start to the season he'd had. And by the end of the season, if you'd said Coutinho wouldn't start, you probably what was your most important game of the season? Everyone would look like you like you were a madman. But um, um, is that lack of movement and things in front of him uh, the problem, or do you think it's, it mentally he might be a wee bit distracted by some of the rumours? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't tell you for definite that he, he, you know, that's had any effect on him. That you know, they're not, they're not the strongest of rumours in terms of you know what we've seen in terms of Barcelona caught on a player or Real Madrid. You know, we've 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 seen it all before, haven't we? With 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 players, you know, Suarez and Steven Gerrard over the years. Fernando Torres seems to get a lot of that when he was at Liverpool. Um, the, good, the good news is if 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 Barcelona are going to come in with a bit at the end of the season, he's going to have to have had. 
an absolutely unbelievable well, yeah. six months, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be difficult to convince Coutinho that he might struggle to get into that front three as well. You know, in terms of if he wants to play in that in that sort of role, um, I think it was hard for him on Saturday because Origi, for all all his, his attributes that you know and his potential, he's not he's not an experienced centre forward and he doesn't know the positions to get into to, to make himself easy to find with the ball and you could see a few times you know the f- he'd run in behind and then the next time he'd be sort of on the shoulder uh, on the shoulder and drop off the feet and Coutinho would look in behind and things like that and it wasn't easy um but also I think he looked a little bit he just looked a little bit leggy he looked a little bit like he didn't have he didn't have the sort of the capacity to, to do it for 90 minutes and that's to be expected you know if they're asking a high press the big thing with Lallana isn't it that that's what's going to be if you know he's he's someone who, who seems okay with pressing and 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 playing you know high up the pitch and, and getting about but how long will he last doing that because he's, he's had injuries all through his Liverpool career so it's all it's all well and good saying he, you know he's ready to buy right into it but if he's not fit then he's not going to be able to is he this is the danger period isn't it because at, at some point the philosophy that Klopp espouses eventually gets you to players who are super fit, yeah. but in in the process of getting them to that p- period and asking more of them at this stage, you know you get tired players and tired players get injured, and that we don't need any more on the uh, uh, on the treatment room. Do we Paul? Fit no. anymore? On. Well, Lallana's played a lot of football in the last week, hasn't he? So maybe giving him a rest on uh, Thursday night could be beneficial for him and use him uh, in Southampton on Sunday because if he plays another. 70, 80 minutes of that intensity, he could find himself injured again. Yeah, so, I mean, we Paul brought us nicely on Thursday, Jones. <laughs> Seamless. Uh, yeah, he's an absolute pro in the corner there. <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to be a great occasion, I think, uh, welcoming the new manager. There is this huge wave of positivity f- for what people hope and believe that he can yeah. bring to the club. And, you know, the, the I think it'll be a big night for him as well, won't it? Because, you know... It, Going to White Hart Lane is all well and good, but coming to hopefully a stadium that is going to become his stadium uh, is going to be a big moment for him. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we'll have heard we'll have heard the Jürgen Klopp song by the end of end of that night. You know, <laughs> they'll, they'll be they'll, they'll have nailed one down. I'm sure there'll be more banners on the cop. I'm, I'm I'm almost certain of that. You think you think back now, what four weeks ago, three weeks ago, people would be thinking, I'm not going to Kazan. You know, I'll, I'll I'll miss that one, or I'll get rid of my ticket, or whatever. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm, no, no, don't fancy that one at all. There won't be an empty seat. Will there now? You know, on Thursday or Sunday, and you know, it's it's a good chance for Liverpool. That, that group's a pretty average group, and Liverpool are still second in it, even though they haven't won a game. Win there could obviously put them in a good position to qualify. Maybe get it done early if they can if they can get a good away win as well. So there's a, there's an incentive there. I think I think it'd be interesting to see what he does with the team because I would argue that he should go as strong as possible in it because he needs the players in tune with his way of playing and I think the only way he can do that is by is by getting them onto the pitch and getting them against different opposition. You know, learning that the habit is that you press. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. You run, you press, you do this. Um, maybe maybe the odd concession. You know, you can't really maybe risk. Losing a, a a Milner from the team because he's he's going to play, or you can't really risk losing a Coutinho from the team. You might you might have an option with Firmino coming back and, and Sturridge maybe being fit, maybe even Benteke. But 
I wouldn't be saying I wouldn't you know I don't be expecting any debuts you know for example on 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 when um, Thursday I wouldn't be expecting any you know teenagers in midfield and things like that because I don't think Liverpool can afford to to be you know too too flippant with the Europa League. Paul, do you think we'll see a, a, a different attitude to the Europa League? We know that continental managers tend to take it more seriously and view it as a you know a, a, a proper competition, whereas uh, you know in in a piece Jonesy's written today he described it sometimes seen as somewhat of a hindrance to, uh, in previous Anfield regimes? I really hope that we take it seriously because at the end of the day it is still the second best European competition so it's still the UEFA Cup. Go for it, we've won it three times in the past, why not try and make it a fourth? Obviously it's so early in, in the competition but I'd like to see us take it serious and I imagine that Klopp will. It's going to be weird on Thursday for me because there's not going to be a Kazan fan there. That they actually haven't took an allocation, so forty-five thousand Liverpool fans, no Kazan fans. It could be a brilliant night. I don't. I don't I'm trying to think of the last time that might have happened, and um, Paul's thrown that one on me because I didn't yeah, know that. I fact, can remember, honest, I can remember them. Liverpool going to Old Trafford and not having any away fans when United were rebuilding the um, the Stratford end. And it was the two-two game when Fowler scored the, the two in the, uh, in the green and white kit. There was no Liverpool fans that day. And he sort of, you know where the away fans are in Old Trafford, <laughs> don't you? So you, if you scored that, end, you do tend to see Steven Gerrard. We've seen him run to the corner, have we, and celebrate with the camera. But Fowler sort of look around and oh, I just better, I better just stay away from the the edge of the pitch. But yeah, that would that will be a strange atmosphere. I think you know it'd be even more strange if Kazan score. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've actually been, when I was a kid, been to a Northern Ireland game where the opposition scored and it was so quiet and because I was relatively small at the time, I didn't realise uh, they'd actually scored until the way home when we heard the result on the radio. Cause, um, <laughs> that was because there, there was no cheer, no nothing to give it away. You carried so, uh, that observance uh, yeah. streak into your journalism. Absolutely, you can tell it in every piece from Anfield. Uh, well, it should be a fantastic occasion on Thursday night, as Paul says. Hopefully, 44,000, 45,000 uh, Liverpool fans. Really hope you can be among them. This has been your Liverpool FC podcast. Thanks for listening. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij Mijn Sim Only. Voor 12,50 per maand, onbeperkte minuten of sms'jes en 3500 MB 4G internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Weken. Kijk op ben.nl.